Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Feel Your Fandom. This is kind of our uh, year-end wrap-up episode, so I want to thank you guys for coming back with us and uh, sticking with us this last couple months as we kind of put the ground underneath our feet and figure out what we're doing here. Uh, Yeah, yeah, of course, my name is Saint. Uh, I want to thank you again, and uh, uh, we brought Tom back to play around with us again. Hey guys, hopefully you remember me. I've been, you know, gone for a minute. (laughs) He pops in and pops out whenever he wants to. But uh, so at the top of every episode, I like to remind everybody where we can be found. We, of course, on anchor.fm forward slash feel your fandom. Or if you want a full link of where we are found online at all the various different podcast spots, you can find that list at uh, facebook.com forward slash feel your fandom. So today is, like I said, today's just kind of uh, end of the year wrap up, end of the decade wrap up, if you really think about it. Um, the fun thing, and I keep telling people this, the fun thing about creating a podcast centered around and geared towards fandom is that it really doesn't have to take one particular direction or another. It really is about whatever it is that fuels your passions. So I could go on here and I could talk, like I did last episode, I could talk about video games for two and a half hours. Uh, I could talk about movies and I could talk about television or... Was the last episode two and a half hours long? No, it oh, just okay. felt like it. I was, it was just, I was just checking. It, uh, prior to editing, it ended it, yeah, up... It's not up yet. It, no, it ended up being around uh, an hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes after nice. editing. Nice. So, so pre-editing. Uh, no, this last one was uh, me and my friend Ethan. I don't know Ethan. Uh, yeah, Ethan's cool. We, we talked about... Uh, uh, video games and 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 kind of our ideas about what games we've spent the most amount of time on in the last decade and yeah. of course i mentioned things like skyrim and red dead redemption and uh seven days to die and all the different games that i've dumped an inordinate amount of time into but uh, and he talked about a couple and in fact he while he was talking and and you can go ahead and talk about what you thought but while he was talking he gave me his Top ten, top five—I forget what it was of the last year or in general. Uh, in general, over the last like decade of video games. Mm-hmm. And he recommended this game, and it just came in the mail yesterday. Concrete Genie. I haven't had a Is chance to play. Is this a limited yet. run game? No. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I've never even heard of this. I hadn't either, and he mentioned it, and he talked it up really hard, and I watched the trailer for it, and before I even got done talking about it, I'd already ordered it offline. And so it just came yesterday, so I haven't had a chance to, to play around with it at all yet. But, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to spending a little time with that a one. A puzzle and painting game. That sounds very interesting right off said, the bat. He says his young daughters play it. It helps deal with issues like bullying and, well, that's fantastic. and, and response to stress and things like that. So. Yeah, my girlfriend's kids are four and two, and so they got like their tablet, and they're too young for video games. But I recently started him on uh, Sonic Generations, because oh, okay. it's got quick time events where... And it was on a 360 game, and the 360 still had color coded buttons, because mm-hmm. like the newer genre uh, consoles have the like, black so- buttons, solid yeah. black, and then the lettering is colored. But on 360, it was still like this: the whole button's green. So yeah. he, he's been able to uh, play that. I think it's cool for little kids to have their own little video games. Yeah, and then I did the dangerous thing as we went uh, on the 26th. We went to uh, GameStop, and they were having their buy two get two used game sale, and so. Why do you get to? That yeah. is a good deal. I ended up buying uh, Kingdom Hearts, that latest. Uh, three? I bought three, three something. 
But then I bought like the 1.5 and like 2.5 or whatever yeah. the midway yeah, yeah, yeah. retelling of the first two games are. Well, I think the, so. the 1.5 and 2.5, like on top of being their own games, I think they're uh, remasters of their those respective things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's So I'll get a solid enough telling of the story if I play through those two. Well, good luck trying to decipher that shit. That's no, like reading that... moon runes. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No, they lost me a bit. And that's why I was hoping I could sit down and really spend some time and, and try to untangle that web. And, uh... Dude, I don't know. You'd be better off watching like some YouTuber who spent like four months researching it and made a half-hour recap explaining it because it's like it's it's honestly almost pure nonsense i might have to yeah uh and then i also picked up uh gran turismo uh sport what for the gran playstation what? 4 yeah are those words gran turismo gran turismo gran turismo did i say I'm it sorry. too fast yeah because i heard gran turismo and i was like no. gran turismo is that british <laughs> what's a gran turismo no gran turismo gran turismo i, I watched that game. i watched which uh, uh which one are they on now up to like five six? this is this was sport and and oh it came for the PS4, and I, I watched a, a YouTuber, uh, Austin Evans, was talking about the different uh, iterations of the PlayStation going uh, from PlayStation 1 all the way up to current gen. And one of the games that he used to compare all of the different systems graphically uh, was uh, the Gran Turismo series. Yeah, well, that one's a real landmark. It for is. For sure, because on PlayStation, it was the best. Re- I mean, it was so far ahead of its time in terms of graphics. And, like, We're talking Gran Turismo 2. Yeah, um, I spent a lot of time in that, failing at it. But oh, I spent dude, a lot the of time at it. Tests were super hard. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like the sheer number of games. I mean, not games. Number of cars in that game is just insane. It's insane, and I haven't played a Gran Turismo game since I want to say PS3. So yeah, I'm looking probably. forward, and this one has a VR setup in it as well. Ooh, that'd be cool. So I could put the PSVR, sit in the chair, sit yeah, and, my and buddy, look uh, around and. Ben, I have two friends that I actually have. My buddy Ben's and Cal- Ben and Calvin both have these set up racing rigs. The steering wheels and the pedals and yeah, all that the shit. Yeah, the Fanatec, uh, re- upside down mounted, real like compression spring, you know, just thousand dollar <laughs> racing rigs just in the seats and stuff. And it's just like, it's so cool to drive. He let my buddy Ben let me drive his, and it's like once you get into the motion sickness of it that all VR has. Because oh like, yeah. It's kind of different, because like in a lot of VR games, you're stationary. Right. Um, and then you just fiddle with stuff in your environment. In driving games, you're not. You're going like 130 miles an hour, and then you're slamming into a wall, so everything stops moving, so your brain... Really, stops with it. It's a lot harder to do driving <laughs> games than I think most VR games, but super uh, Well, I'm looking cool. forward to trying it out. I, I've, I've... Yeah. Do you have a race? Curious. Do you have a wheel? I don't. Set up? No. Is that, I wonder, if, is that just like a holder where you just put two move things you in You know, it? I do have a, contr- I do have a wheel for the move controller. Wait, the PS4 is a tilt axis anyways. Can you yeah. just use tilt with the wheel? I'm sure with you the can. the controller? I'm sure you can. Huh. And then I bought the other, the fourth game I bought was, uh, it's like an arcade museum version of all the different arcade iterations of Street Fighter. So Street Fighter two, Turbo, all Dude, three, Turbo three, three, four, five, and Omega, yeah, whatever the hell, Omega Alpha, Gucci, so Gucci. There's like six of them on there. Well, dude, I mean, Street Fighter's like a good one to have because it right. does like the different iterations do play super differently. Yeah, like Turbo compared compared to normal Street Fighter, not even not even the same game. Well, it's, me, so, it's so much better playing the Turbo speed. Yeah, and me and my buddy Jason Dooley, we stay used to stay up. You know, during high school, we'd stay up all night on the weekends and binge eat on all of his uh, 
His parents kept a really well-stocked uh, pantry of junk food. Pringle tubes for days. <laughs> Oreos and fucking yeah. Pepsi after Pepsi. Yeah. and just Which, uh, what system were you guys playing it on? Uh, Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. So it would be uh, Street Fighter Two Championship. Yeah, that's some good times. And so, I mean, I've got a lot of nostalgia wrapped up into that. And so I picked up, I don't know, did you see, have you seen that yet? Did I show you that? What are you... The Street Fighter Two cabinet there? Uh, no, I don't think you have. That's <laughs> actually really well made. I like that the... the oh, yeah. Because, like, the attention to detail is perfect. And it sounds good. It acts just like it should. It's by... Like, I, I keep talking about it, but I can't say enough good things about this company. It's uh, through a company called New Wave Toys, mm -hmm. and it's called a Replicade. And I sponsored them on... Uh, a Kickstarter where they re recreated uh, Dragon's Lair, one of the most notoriously difficult games to play in the arcade. Yeah, the the original Quick Time event. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. With that fantastic Don Bluth animation and everything else, and and so I backed them on that, and that one, of course, went within seventy two hours. It was fully funded. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I won't get that till like March. So in order to tie myself over and to get a feel for their quality, I ordered the Street Fighter cabinet, which they had on sale for uh, Black Friday. Is the Dragon's Lair going to be the same size, or is it bigger? Yeah. No, they're all uh, the, right under the 12-inch size. Very cool. So it's really neat. And uh, so, like, Street Fighter holds a really heavy place in my uh, retro library, even though I suck shit through a tube at oh, it. Oh, who doesn't, though? <laughs> I remember because, uh, let's see, Christie's husband, Carl... Our other brother, my our, our brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, mutual brother-in-law. Yeah, our mutual brother-in-law. Um, he was a huge PC gamer when I was a little kid, and he's about 15 years older than I am. So, mm -hmm. um, But he had Street Fighter 2 on PC, and I remember you had to comb through the manual to get like the third word of the fifth paragraph on the 18th page in order to... That was your security system. That was the DRM. Was wow! You, so you actually because you had you had to have the manual, you, you okay. had to have like that manual because I think they also printed them in series where like this this batch got this word and this batch got a different word, so you couldn't even use your other friend's manual and stuff. It's kind of funny. I'm pretty sure my dad had that same thing. He had the Leisure Suit Larry games. Yep, yep. yep, yep. <laughs> so I tried to hack into that so many times because <laughs> hey, if I got a chance to see an eight bit digital boob, why not? You know, oh, man, Jesus so Christ. Funny. But uh, never was able to. No. no, no, good DRM. I mean, it's it's a smart it's a smart way to do it. it guarantees, I don't know, something at least minimal <laughs> adherence to the law. Yeah, I mean, it's at least it's an attempt. It's better than the crap that we have to deal with now that slows down your FPS. Yeah, de novo. Hey. That, that's what it's called. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't do much PC gaming. Speaking of which, how was your? What were you playing? F f Seven days to die. Seven days to die. Yeah. You still into that on the PC? I am, and and it it's actually improved quite uh, vastly because I mean they like I told people and we can talk about video games all day. I don't care. We can talk yeah. about whatever we want today. But uh, I was telling someone about the fact that uh, the PS4 and Xbox versions, which I've still got, uh -huh. um, they stopped production and stopped updating at like sixteen uh, version sixteen. Mm -hmm. Because Telltale lost the license. Telltale was the one doing the releases for the consoles. Oh, I did not know that. So once Telltale went tits up, then they stopped updating and they refused to sell the license back to the Fun Pimps, who were the company that created it. And so those versions are kind of stuck where they're at. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was looking at all this stuff online, talking about all the different new updates into 17 and 17.4 and these vastly improving graphical nature, uh, playthrough nature, 
adding so many different gameplay elements to it, refining the process, which, I mean, legitimately, they could have made it a second game. Yeah. And sold it, and I would have bought it. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is they just kept updating and updating and updating, and so I'm like, all right, I gotta get a PC. Yeah, is this, is this your first foray into owning a gaming PC? Yes. I've never built... I, I mean, that's pretty cool. I've played games on PCs, like yeah. back in the old Pentium days and shit like that. Right, but, well, when you didn't need a gaming PC. Right, when you could every, just... Everything played on everything, kind floppy of. Floppy disks and all that disks, shit. Yeah. But um, this is my first time having a Steam account. It's my first time having a computer that is strictly designated for gaming. Mm -hmm. I really don't do anything else on that. I do a little bit of editing on it when I need to, but... Um. Well, it's re really. I mean, nowadays most computers and well, I mean, it's cat or cliche to say, but you can do everything on your phones. Yeah, you know that you can, except for like intense gaming. You, like most computers are pretty par. Like even Chromebooks, which are just like a hundred and fifty dollar browsing tool, is like, what do you do besides browsing on the computer? Most people don't do do anything. Yeah, unless it's gaming. I do all my emails on my phone. I do right. all my work stuff on my phone. Yeah, I mean you can photo edit in Pixlr on in browsers and stuff now, anyways, too. So it's you really don't need a computer for much. Not really, and like I said, I have the Mac over there on the desk that I use just for mm -hmm. editing. Yeah. Well, uh, that being said, I have a, a very expensive gaming computer and laptop, so I'm not like trying to say nobody <laughs> needs computers. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, but you. Actually, I'm not surprised that you utilize them for the reasons you bought them. You use them for gaming. So. Not as much as I used to, um, but I just think it's neat that, like, it, to Seven Days to Die was such a good game that I finally got you to get a computer. That's pretty yeah, cool. no, and it's legitimately the only reason I put the gaming computer together. Right. And uh, I talked to my good friend Emily, and Emily had a bunch of computer parts. She works for a company in the IT department, uh -huh. and she just collects the old computers, I guess, for whatever reason. Oh, d and, I mean, uh, yeah. They, I mean, well, because, like, <laughs> corporate, corporations will get rid of, like, super decent stuff, because, like, the last... It's an upgrade. They can't do shit with it, so they get I rid mean, of it. I mean, the last five, st uh, maybe even eight years worth of stuff, you could still, almost all of it, you could build a gaming computer out of. As long as and I have. Intel i3 or better, like, you're pretty, you're pretty much going to be able to game something on it. And I don't remember what the processor is on it, but it came with a pretty smoking motherboard. It came with a good... Uh, uh, well, amount if it's of memory. She gave me three. To die, it must be pretty she, good. She gave me three computers because that's a pretty good looking game. One of them was actually just a case, which it had like a power supply. Is that in the it. case? No, I, that's the third. That's the first case. It was the biggest one, but it was the only one that was able to fit the monster of a motherboard that's in it. It's like an Asus Sabertooth motherboard. Yeah, probably and it's got a humongous. Slots. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Cooling vents and everything mm -hmm. on it. Cool. So uh, I took all of the RAM. Out of the two computers that had it, they both they were both running eight gigs of RAM, so now it's running sixteen gigs of RAM. Cool. And then I, the power or the power supply I got out of the second computer, and then the third computer really didn't produce much of anything, uh, but some cabling. And then uh, so I got all that in the garage and everything. But um, cool. I got another motherboard right there. You can see it in there. But uh, okay. then what I did was I went and bought because uh, the the graphic card wasn't up to snuff. Mm -hmm. For playing anything on it. was like medium at best, graphic-wise. Mm -hmm. And so I went and bought a used graphic card at 4th Dimension Computers, which is right up the street from us, and ended up plugging that in. And that got me up to high-quality graphics, but not quite good enough. Mm -hmm. And then that auction site that's right near where you live, so that I go to auction, all the time, yeah. Southern Auction Service, yeah. I went and bought, they had an auction. It was for, a, I want to say like a 4-gigabyte uh, memory card or video card. Oh. 
And so I bought that, and the only thing with it, it was missing the faceplate that goes on the back. Oh. So I just I plugged that in and zip-tied it to the board. Cool. And it works just fine. It, it, I'm running everything on ultra-high. Wow. And in fact, they just updated the uh, the uh, version again to a stable version of 18, and 18 is just so much more. Has there been any games that were on PC that over the years you wish you could have gotten into, and now that you have a gaming PC, you're like, oh, I'm going to try to pick that up? I've thought about it. The only one that's really grabbed my attention so far is uh, Super Hot. And I That's on PS4. That's on everything. Oh, okay. It's across the board. They've even got it on Switch now. But uh, I picked it up at least initially for um actually the first thing I picked it up on was PSVR. Mhm. And I played the VR setup that they had for it. Mhm. And uh, I went back and I found it on Steam for a good price and I bought that on Steam to run through the original game and it's fantastic. I love it. It's such a simplistic concept, yeah. But it's mind blowing. If listeners, if you aren't aware, Super Hot is a game where the time only moves when you physically move. So you can stand there and kind of plan out your moves and dodge stuff. And the faster you move, the faster time moves. It's really, it's really fun, really interesting. It is, and 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 more to the point, and and in fact, it took it up another level with the VR game because that's actually physically when you move. Like if you twitch, oh. things start coming at you. That'd be intense. And so you got to sure. duck and dodge and dive for real, like dodgeball style. Yeah, I've been trying to get more into PC gaming again because, like, I built my computer I don't know, like three, four years ago, maybe five years ago. Uh-huh. And then I just got the graphics card like uh, last year, maybe a year and a half ago. And then like I don't know, I was just kind of burnt out on video games because it just a lot of them are such a huge time sink mm. just to get like even a little bit of progress because i was playing trying to play gta 5 online which is extremely fun but like it takes like 10 minutes to queue for a mission and you start the mission you got to watch the two minute long video and you got like a six minute drive to your location or whatever and then somebody intentionally dies and then you gotta like do it, do it all over again, and you gotta pray that somebody doesn't just botch the mission. This is why I don't play with other people online. Yeah, it's just extreme. I mean, I just don't have. I mean, I do have the free time. I just would rather spend it more wisely. <laughs> you know, I'd rather do something. Well, that, I've seen some of the things you've been building with the uh, dice towers, and right? Everything else. So I'm trying it's to fantastic. I'm trying to move more from media to uh, like constructive hobbies. Like I've been, yeah, I built a dice tower for my nephew for Christmas. That was fantastic. I've built. Like four of those now, I think, over the last year, year and a half. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I feel like uh, a lot of video games are just too long in the tooth for their own good. Like, The Witcher is 100 hours of gameplay. I literally just sat down to finally start playing that The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Carve out some time for yourself. Because I've read that the the main story, if you breeze through it without side questing, is like a good 40 hours. Wow. It's like... My dude, I got that kind of time in my life. I mean, I, I actually do. I've got a ton of free time. But it's like, I don't know. It Better just, spend It just doesn't feel constructive. I don't know. There's been a lot of times where I just don't enjoy a video game enough, and I'll be like playing, and I'm like, why am I still doing this? Yeah, I find myself falling back into retro gaming, uh, specifically because a lot of the old retro games were things that you could... Well, I mean, you, you saw, like, Tom walked into the house today, mm-hmm. and uh, for, for Christmas, my wife and kids had gotten me the arcade one-ups, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cabinet, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. It, it, it's got the four-player controls like the original arcade had. And uh, aside from some glaring spelling errors, and they, yeah. re, they remastered the audio. On we, it. we noticed that they spelled Dimension wrong. That or I don't know how to spell Dimension. 
There's no T sure. in it. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, then they spelled dimension wrong. <laughs> or maybe it's like one of those takes where they, they spelled dimension wrong intentionally as a part of like it being comic booky. You know? No, I think you're trying too hard to justify it. I just love turtles so much. Don't let me down, boys. I think they spelled it wrong unintentionally. But uh, yeah, as soon as he walked in, my daughter, of course, ran over to the thing mm-hmm. and, and, and decided to play with him on it. And uh, uh, you guys were done in, it was like tw- 25 minutes, 30 minutes? Yeah, that's like the arcade platformer or not platformer side scroller beat-em-ups are, are a good like half hour of very hard gaming and it's a good slice that you can yeah you can bite it off and it doesn't feel like that much of a commitment and it's fun the whole time through you get done you get that satisfying feeling of accomplishment yeah, and you, you can move on with your day right you can you can just slice out a little bit um but like i don't know 10 minute long queue times just to start <laughs> a mission's ridiculous you know i don't know i've been playing um Destiny 2 mm-hmm. with my nephew Connor and it's Hi Connor. Hey, Connor. I doubt you're listening to this, no, he but I will. But um but it's 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 nice because the open world is like instant. Like if you want to start a mission, it's there and then the mission just starts. Like there's no Oh, we got to queue up and find a lobby. We got to, you know, because it's it's so heavy on story that they want to make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah, and like most things are one player, one player plus, so you can do everything solo, and you're not waiting for two to four players because like a lot of games where it's like, oh, it's a co-op mission, and then you get through, and you're like, we're both doing the same thing. There's this dude doesn't need to be here. This could be a one player. Maybe I sold Destiny short. Maybe I should give it another chance. I uh, I really enjoy it more than i thought i would it's just the like it's a time thing mm-hmm. like all my friends like my, i got to play it i got into playing it because my friends jesse and will were playing it and they spend like you know eight hours a week at least playing it like every night they'll play like for an hour or two and i'm like dude i can't i can't dedicate that kind of time i can't play every day i would get sick of it i've got to find i got a lot of friends who do a lot of streaming uh, my friend frankie my friend maria mm-hmm. mason uh, a mutual friend of ours mm-hmm. and and uh, I've got to actually start looking into some of these ideas, but I just don't have the patience. To stream or? To interact with people online, I guess, uh, I in mean, a video game setting. It's mostly a ghost town, because, like, unless your friends are, like, queuing in, you know, it's, nobody's, you know. Yeah, and I talked to, fr- uh, unless or unless it's, like, a brand new game that everybody wants to see, and you're, like, you, you know, you got it day one, it's. Then, it's, yeah, it's a lot of ghost off. towns because I spent quite a few time or quite a bit of time being bored and looking at watching streamers, and it's always like one viewer, maybe two. Yeah, they're not even there at their computer; they just clicked on because they want to support their friend, you know. <laughs> Which I mean, it, like, hey, if you want to click on the podcast and just leave it running, I'm yeah, cool if you want to download this podcast, <laughs> just to leave us a review too. Absolutely, you can just be five stars and blank, but. Um, I'm down with that. But I don't know, it's just... But yeah, no, I find myself slipping back into retro gaming just because, like I said, it's it's something that you jump into quickly, get that feeling of accomplishment, that little endorphin rush, and then you're done. Like, if you look over there, I got Bad Dudes, a little tiny Bad Dudes cabinet as mm-hmm. well. Those are fun. Well, and it's a lot of it is, like, the games are so easy and simplistic. Like, you, you know you're not going to be getting, like, screwed over because, like, a lot of games, it's like, oh, well, you got to grind out to get the gear. Mm-hmm. And then you're having fun. Or you're only fighting this one type of bad guy because you're on the beginner level. And it's just like, well, I don't want to spend eight hours to get to the next world. Yeah, how many rats can I kill before right. I just get tired of it? Right. Well, and like, uh, my, my mind went straight to Borderlands. Like, how many of those skag things do I have to shoot? Those little dog things? It's like, Jesus Christ. 
I, the last Borderlands I picked up was Borderlands for the Vita, and I'm thinking about picking it up again because I'm trying to find any excuse that I can to play my Vita again. Because really, the Vita was an awesome system that was criminally underrated. The Vita was such an achievement in engineering. It's amazing. I can't... Because, like, that, that was before... Not, well, not before touchscreen phones were common, but, like, it was, right, what, 2008, 2009? Something like that, out? yeah. And, like... It was a huge. It was so overpowered for the size, and yeah. like the quality, like the it screen legit was like was a tiny amazing. little PlayStation in your hands. Well, like a tiny PlayStation Two. Yeah, because the PSP was like a PlayStation One. The PS Vita was like a PlayStation Two, and like you could remote play a PS Three in your house. Mm-hmm. I think you can actually remote play a PS Four on it now. I think you can at least use it as a second controller or as right. a backup controller. I don't know. It's just such an amazing technology. Like, I wish I had I got one, but now it's like. I don't know. The they made the same mistake they made with the first one, which is the memory cards being weird. Like yeah, they had to go proprietary, and that fucked a lot of people up because they want to save and store their games, but mm-hmm. you got to go out of your way to find cards that the, no longer exist now. Yeah, the cards are so expensive. I don't know. Did they ever crack it like they did the PSP? Because the PSP being like an openware emulator was like really what made the PSP so like classic for me. I, I haven't checked in a while, but I know like I do have a PSP Go. Uh, the mid-quality uh, copy of the PSP, and I bought that specifically to crack and game on. No, the Go's the slide-out one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, the PSP Go is like... That's that's like the ultimate little retro machine. Oh, yeah, because it's like, it slides out like the Sony Xperia phone did. I had one of those. It was like, I bought it just to game on, mm-hmm. and it had like an expandable battery. I remember, you used to bring it over and tempt William with it. Yeah, it was good stuff. But, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, a lot of my gaming anymore when it's retro i'll go with the psp go or i'll go with uh like i have my uh uh nintendo uh game boy micros Mm -hmm. which i love 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 of of all the systems i've ever purchased the game boy micro is still my favorite really it's so small it is tiny it fits into my my pocket yeah literally into my pocket yeah and it can play anything that you can find on a gba cartridge yep i i have i bought a 3ds a couple years ago and like mm-hmm. I, I barely ever played it i thought i would i've got all you of know them. at least play some stuff but I, I barely scraped the surface on that yeah no i i went and bought um i made it a point to try and get every model of handheld system that nintendo's ever released from the game boy up mm-hmm. we're not talking play and watch that's a whole different thing that's probably coming later as as i <laughs> find and get everything else now i of course i have every version of every handheld that they've ever released uh, which is like 17 or 18 versions. That's a lot. And uh, now I've got to pick up the so Switch mean you got, like, the DS lights and all that, DSi and all that? Mm-hmm. It's quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I really thought the Nintendo DS was like, I don't know, I thought the, both the DS yeah, and the Wii talking. were bad ideas, but they ended up being like the biggest successes in video game console history. Like the DS sold so much. Mm-hmm. Out of control sales. I millions and millions and millions and over so many versions and they're still actually they just now um, stopped making original software for it like there's still third third party titles getting made but Nintendo's just now switching gears from the DS over to well they're still uh, making 3DS no they're still making it but they're not making they're gonna stop making first party games so like you're not gonna see uh, Super Smash Bros. DS ever again. It's just going to be Super Smash. It's just they're moving all their originals 
to the switch because they've got that switch light now. You know, they're no longer going to be, you know, the DS is pretty much dead, is all right. I'm saying. I mean, like, you can still get third party. They're going to be pumping out, you know, FIFA on that damn thing like they do. Well, yeah, well, because now all they the can do the is they can take the 3DS titles and then they can remaster them for the Switch. This is my favorite little guy right here. Yeah, the classic. So we've got the GBA Micro Famicom Edition. Mm-hmm. Which looks like Iron Man. Absolutely. And yeah, it's so small. I wish, though... But it's playable. I wish, though, that they made these... Um, have the original Game Boy hardware in them because I think that's the difference is that the old ones mm-hmm. can play Game Boy cartridges because they had Game Boy hardware in them, but like the Game Boy Micro can only play advanced games because it's only got advanced hardware. Yeah, but they do make. Uh, remember those uh, chips that we could get for the 3DS or the the, the DS the, that you could put any program you can download any ROM yeah, hacks on flashcard. Yeah, flashcard. They make ones that look like this, and then they'll play yeah. Game Boy games on it. Yeah. Oh wow! Play everything on it. But we got the DSi. Which I never got a DSi. I think the only difference between this one and the DS Lite is that this one has a camera on the front. I believe so. Front and back. Maybe um, a little bit stronger of a Lite processor. Still has a microphone because I remember right. playing Big Brain. I think we have to blow in it at some point. That's the, the, original, the original DS. DS. If you haven't figured it out, listeners, we're going through every. Yeah, we're looking. Cartridge. We're looking at video game stuff. The now. the robustness of the original DS. Oh, it's a stout boy. Can, it's ba- look at it. Like it's got this line. Is just a normal Game Boy Advance, and then like let's just bulk that sucker out. Let's chunk. just make that all screen. Yeah, it's really well made. And and then this was always one of the big front runners was the Game Boy the... Advance SP. Man, this is so satisfying. I just want to close this one more time. Click, yeah. click, nice. Yeah, the the classic flip phone action on that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, is this a skin or is this a, a real one? No, it's actually a shell I bought because I used to have the original NES uh, classic version yeah. of the Game Boy SP, yeah. and uh, I sold it. Reshelling and reskinning handheld consoles is like one of my favorite things. I go through, that was so hard. Oh yeah, I buy so a bunch many of PSPs screws. and like screen like the screens always show up broken because they're coming from fucking China. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's really fun to me to like swap these out into new shells and like clean them up and stuff but it's kind of like an expensive endeavor yeah and if you lose one screw you're fucked yeah <laughs> you gotta like glue it back together basically What's and it, then this, this this one is the new 3ds but not the new 3ds xl i actually it's a new bought. 3ds just regular size yeah. which they only released at walmart yeah it was a walmart exclusive yeah but it's got the... Uh, See, I tried to get this one, and the kid at the, behind the counter handed me the XL. And mm. I was like, well, if it's the same price, I might as well get it, because I'm not that big on the like skin. It's got removable covers. Yeah. You can make it look however you want. Yeah, that's the limited edition Mario one. Super cool. Yeah. Very cool pickup. Very hard to find. Very cool pickup. I ended up finding it at a pawn shop in oh, Tacoma. Really? Tacoma's so sketchy. But, oh, yeah. And then this is the newest oh, one that yeah. I bought. This is a uh, 2DS. Mm-hmm. Which is just a 3DS Without that 3D. doesn't do 3D. And it's, it's got, got a huge screen. Humongous screen real estate, and it comes looking like uh, the, sh- the Hylian Shield from Legend of Zelda. Which is not just a skin like I thought no, it was in pressed. the photos. It's, that's pressed It's a in. different like, sets of plastic. Yeah. Because like, this is... It feels good. The blue is good. over the silver. Yeah, it Man, feels good. This is super cool. And then we got the DS Lite. Wow. And then the fucking blue see the guy, DS Lite. The DS Lite was my favorite DS because the how sl- how slick it is mm-hmm. and how perfect these curves are. Like it looks like it's a small, very well made laptop. 
No, I forgot I had this 31-in-1 fakey game. And the battery life on all of these products is amazing. I guarantee you this Game Boy Advance will turn on right now. Where is it? I'll guarantee you this one will turn on right now. This I haven't charged this in like six months. This is my... uh, Let's do do the test right now. Yeah? Yep. Both of them booted up. Yep. Oh, my God. That's that's one of the top satisfying sounds, too. See, and I'll tell you what it was. was... My buddy Ryan owns a toy shop uh, called uh, the Toy Box Collectibles mm-hmm. in, in Very Lacey. Cool shop. Yeah, I love that place. Um, but uh, he, I had already bought a Game Boy Micro. I have two of these, mm-hmm. and I bought the black one off of eBay. I sniped someone at like sixty-five bucks, which mm-hmm. is a really good deal. And then he sends me a picture of this one, the Famicom edition, which was a special edition one, and it was still in the box. That was in the box. In the box, new you box still have sealed. The box? No. Unfortunately, I got rid of it. Um, I'm not that bad. Of, I'm not that good of a collector. But what happens is, is I got it, and I opened it. And, of course, the box was from, like, what is the year on this? I want to say 2008, mm-hmm. 2005. So this was maybe four years ago, five years ago I got this. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you wouldn't expect it to turn on. But it no. turned on with half a full battery on it. Yeah, I mean, they're... Still from the factory. Like, Nintendo's production quality has always been super high i mean we got some problems with the switch yeah but like they're, they've always been super solid bricks it's my 3ds my game the game boy pocket was probably my favorite um 3ds xl when the i Jordan was a kid mask. my uh my brother-in-law carl got me a game boy a regular game boy for one of my early birthdays i think i was like five or six mm-hmm. um but then in by middle school, like the pocket had come out. I mean, the pocket had already been out because it was like came out in '96 when I was already only like seven years old. But when I got to middle school, everybody had pockets. Everybody had Game Boy pockets, and everybody was still playing Pokemon. Right. And so I just remember seeing this green one. Everyone had this green one for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why this one was so popular, but I was always so jealous. I like this atomic blue, a uh, purple color. Oh uh, well, that's the Game Boy color. That's the Game Boy color. Yeah. I always wanted it like all the systems. I know. I've always felt like this was like the coolest design i really wish that i could you know those what do you uh, know about this one though the the pie boys oh is this a real one yeah oh my god so this is the game boy light that he just handed me and it's a japan only exclusive i think it was japan japanese only released Uh uh, in both gold and silver and it's got this really cool um how do you turn the light on there's a contrast knob over here that's volume there's one more notch on the power tank is there three notches on Oh, so, um, but it's got this amazing green backlight, green backlight and it's not um, side lit, which was like a huge thing. Um, like the Game Boy Color was side lit. Because the, yeah, the, it was the color? It was, no, it wasn't no, the color. The, game, the first Game Boy Advance was side right. lit from the bottom, so it looked like really harsh and was not very bright. And the screen, the light would often break, um, and then your screen would still work, which was nice, but it was not very, you know, bright. But then the... Game Boy Advance 101 had a backlit screen, which made it look like a mini laptop screen. Right. But this Game Boy Light was so far ahead of its time. Like, and being I wonder able why to play they... Game Boy at night when you were a kid was. Oh, yeah. God. No, because be chasing the sun when you play that. Japanese kids had it so good. So this came out the same year that the Game Boy Pocket did. Like, so it wasn't like they figured it out later and then rolled it out and then it was like too late. And since Japan seems to stay on Nintendo longer. They only kept it in Japan. They just didn't care about America, about the Game Boy Light. They were like, well, let them just have those big, goofy bolt-ons. 
You mean like, like this? Yep, we got one of those big goofy bolt-ons with, you know, we all remember those, the megaphone speakers with like the joystick and the, the magnifying glass and the light on it so you could play it at night. And See, I got really lucky when I bought this one because I ended oh, that's up... that's a really cool design. ...being able to find one that, uh, for my Game Boy Color, which is Atomic Purple, as I said, uh, I was able to find a kit to go along with the Game Boy Color, which Ooh. is the battery pack... And the magnifying and the light up and the joystick. Yeah, no, that's actually adja- really adjuster, cool. and it's that's all in, one. all in atomic purple as well. So it's all very, very matchy, matchy. Yeah, I mean, I remember the atomic so. purple came out before the Mac stuff came out. Remember how Mac went with all the clear? Oh yeah, the iMac. Yeah. Oh man, such a hot look. I, I love that clear plastic bullcrap from the nineties. So it looks like we spent this first break just talking about video game consoles and stuff like that, which I'm okay with. That's kind of my jam. We totally didn't even. <laughs> we're like you're. We got distracted. I was just like, "Fuck that video game." We got distracted by retro tech, but uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. Yeah, let's pull up a break, and then when we come back, uh, we'll talk about whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Hold on, so, though. Majora's Mask. Yeah. This one's not as cool as the other one, but I really like it. <laughs> and what I do is, I, I know we're going to keep talking. I wouldn't, whenever I find one, I'll have, like, say I have the new 3DS XL, but I have just, like, a regular version. I'll take it to my buddy Ryan, sell it to Ryan at the toy box, and switch him out uh, for one of the ones that are the newer, or the nicer mm-hmm. uh, collector editions. So that's why I have a collector. I don't have a collector edition 3DS yet. I'm still working on you that. You Super Smash Bros. 1v1 me. Final Destination Fox. No <laughs> items. All right. Break time. <laughs> Got that set up. Got that set up. All right. So we'll be back in a minute. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one convenient place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back. Did Endgame come out this year? Uh, Avengers Endgame was this year. That was this year? Mm Mm-hmm. Man, this year's been long. It has been. Long. I've had a lot of stuff go on in my oh, personal life, but you have, you really have. I think Endgame and Captain Marvel. I think were the only two movies I saw in theaters this year. Did well, we go see anything? I don't remember. I don't I, think we did. I know it's a hell of a two to pick. Um, so you obviously haven't seen the new Star Wars yet. I have not seen the new Star Wars. I do intend to go though. Um, as much as I dislike the last one. Um. I still like Star Wars, no matter what, so I still want to feel it out. Here's kind of what I want to say about that. and We did an entire episode on toxic fandom, Mm -hmm. and all fandom can kind of veer into toxicity at Mm -hmm. one point or another, because obviously you share a very solid opinion about something that you care deeply about. I get that. I feel that. I've been on the other side of that. But at a certain point, I just stop and I go, okay, look, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. Star Wars in particular yeah. has hyped itself up so fucking hard yeah. over the last 42 years that it is never, ever, ever going to live up to what people want at all times. There For are sure. going to be hits. I'm looking at you, Rogue One. 
There are going to be misses. I'm looking at you, Solo. I but <laughs> I liked it. I think you have to separate yourself from that rabid fan baseness of it uh, at one point or another and just accept it as what it is. You know, it's Actually, a movie. I have rewatched. Uh, I don't even remember the name of it now. Which one? The last one. Uh, the last Jedi? No, the one before that. Uh, oh, no, it is The Last Jedi. Yeah, the Ryan Anderson uh, directed one? Yeah, but I've, I've watched that one. Probably we just watched Force Awakens the other night. Like, twice a month since? Mm-hmm. Just to, like... You gotta dig yourself out. J- yeah, just to, like, really appreciate it. And it's just at the end of the day, I'm really bored. Yeah, and that's fine. You know? Like I said, there's gonna be hits, there's gonna yeah. be misses. At like, one point or another, it, you can like it, you can dislike it. Like, when it first came out, I was like, oh, man, this is, you know... I, w- I was definitely the 4chan troller being like this is garbage but I think at the end of the day I'm just like man I was just kind of bored when I was watching it yeah and even, that's even fine I'm like yeah sure you rewatch stuff and you get bored because you rewatch it but like I feel like the movie's just kind of slow you don't have to love everything associated with a particular fandom you can be okay with the fact that oh maybe I liked Empire I didn't care for Return of the Jedi or I liked uh, Force Awakens but what the hell was The Last Jedi you know does the does the wrap up feel Good. Do you want more, or do you feel like it ended in a good spot? Because I feel like Endgame ended in a really good place. Where like, even though well, now they're just gonna we keep still going anyway. Str- yeah, but even though we still need Doctor Strange two and you know everybody else part two and threes, I feel like the Endgame story. That if you just stopped watching up, Marvel movies at that point, right, you'd get a very satisfying. You'd be story. satisfied. You'd be like, okay, cool, it's all done. All right. See, I th- I can't answer that for Star Wars because Star Wars lives on in so many different various forms we're always going to have like the extended universe books whether you liked them whether you hated them yeah they brought us different moments that are now not canon yeah but 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 did it wrap up the skywalker franchise as far as the skywalker set goes is it wrapped they i would say yes and no i would say yes in in the fact that going forward there's not going to be a need for a mark hamill there's not going to cool. be a need, obviously, for a Carrie Fisher or for a Harrison Ford. Cool. But I think they do have ground that they can cover with some of the new characters. And yeah. Finn and yeah, Ray yeah. and Poe. There's, there's and places to go. Rose Tico, I think. But you don't need sold to. Sold short. But it's not necessary. They're going to do it. And I think that they, if they're going to do it, and if you're listening to me, LucasArts, LucasFilms, I doubt you're listening to me at all. But books, TV shows... This is the way to go. If the Mandalorian has taught me anything, it's that Star Wars can absolutely work on a small scale. Well, I also feel like um, we've come so far in TV shows compared to where we were at the last time a trilogy came out because we were in like 99. Right. With Phantom Menace. And like they didn't have uh, TV shows that carried a continuous thread. Nowadays, right. every every good TV show is one long story. It's basically just a 12-hour a movie. Well, right, and they're doing that. They learned a lot of uh, lessons from uh, Love It or Hate It, the Game of Thrones saga. Mm-hmm. The Game of Thrones saga, yeah. season 8, put millions and millions and millions of dollars per episode yep. times the 8 episodes. So if you want to, let's generously say, 50 minutes an episode, uh, 350 minutes worth of movie yep which unless you're scorsese doing the irishman (laughs) have you watched that yet no but i've heard it's good the only thing i saw at all about it was that 
everybody or like half the people that started it don't finish it because it's just too long which is cool i don't know i love i like it i'll sit down and watch the lord of the rings extended edition in like one sitting yeah that's because i'm a glutton for just fucking hardcore really paying attention to like one story and like minutiae yeah i really love but those big bites that's what i think the mandalorian has taught us about star wars uh and not necessarily even just with the mandalorian but shows like uh the clone wars uh, mm-hmm. What we got with the Clone Wars as an animated uh, series was far more reaching and far more epic than it had any right to be. And yeah. then following that, Star Wars Rebels well, really kind of took that ball that started with Clone Wars yeah. and fucking ran with it. Well, I think that we've also realized that things either need more time or they need smaller scale. Because like, the scope of a trilogy when it's got so many characters and so many things happening is like it's hard to cover that much ground or there's you're trying to make a lot out of a little like you could be the right. hobbit where you you have three movies when you should have only had one yeah or where like what i've heard from this new star wars trilogy is that the force awakens was a full movie and then the last jedi should have been the end of the force awakens <laughs> and then this movie the newest um, Rise of Skywalker Rise of Skywalker should have been two movies because it's got so much happening. Do you think that's accurate? That would be pretty accurate to say. I think they had to cut. It looks like they had to cut a lot for time's sake, mm-hmm. uh, while still remaining true to the story, while still fitting in all the different elements that they needed to fit in. Uh, I think a, a trap that a lot of these shows fall into is fan service. Yeah, they put so much attention into. Throwing in little nods and little Easter eggs and little things that'll get the fans, you know, posting on fucking Reddit and and Twitter that they kind of shortchange the story a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it definitely ran into that trap a little bit. I know uh, there's a lot of trolls going on saying that J.J. Uh, Abrams was just flat out disrespectful to Ryan Johnson, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't feel is necessarily the case, but he definitely kind of righted the ship because i mean he did bookend the first and the last so he kind of steered it back to where the hell he wanted i remember that my well my biggest criticism and i feel like a lot of people's was that um snoke being important than not important was like a real like what the fuck's going on in this in these movies i could explain it but i'd spoil it good well i'm glad that it comes around then because like it was i remember everybody was just like the, it we, very offhandedly just kind of throws out an explanation for it, like right in the first like ten minutes of the movie. I'm into that because like I remember the it's about the Skywalker the Star Wars movies are about the people in it, right? Right. So if you know everybody was like, well, if um, Adam Driver and Daisy, you know Daisy over here aren't connected in some way, mm-hmm. then like why is then why does he care about what girl, you know? Why is he chasing after her? Why does like why is this all happening if there isn't a backstory to these two? And then everybody was expecting that to get revealed. In God, I want to talk to you Jedi. about this right now. So, I wish, I wish gl- we'd have had time this to morning. Hear, to, I'm glad to hear that uh, it does address it. That we get that we good. Yeah, that's, you know what? Then to me, this new movie is fantastic because that's really <laughs> all I fucking want. I don't care if it's done well. I just want it to happen. And I, we just finished watching the season finale of The Mandalorian the other day. My whole family is into that. How many episodes are in that? Eight episodes. So what, what episode am I on? Five? We're on 
Right? I haven't watched the Bill Burr one. I started it. Oh, you haven't watched it? So you're so, on five. So as six, soon as I saw Bill Burr, I paused it because I knew I had to pay full attention because Bill Burr's my boy. He's uh, I just he's interesting. I just saw yeah, a was, clip was, on Reddit where he's like, Mando! Doing his, man, doing his Bill Burr <laughs> patent yelling. Uh, I thought it was a very uh, interesting choice to bring Bill Burr into it, bring to such a well-known character. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, uh, the woman who plays the, the Twi'lek, uh, for anyone who doesn't know deep Star Wars lore like you should, uh, a Twi'lek is uh, the the alien with the head tails. Yeah, the sexy girls from Jabba's right, Palace. Right, the dancing girls from Jabba's Palace. But they had a lot of star power in that episode alone. It's called The Prisoner. Mm. Uh, you got your Mark Boone Jr., who was best known as Bobby Elvis from Sons of Anarchy. Oh, shit. That's where I knew that dude you from? You got Bill Burr. You got uh, Nat- Natalia Tina, who played uh, the Twi'lek uh, Gion. And, in fact, she is Harry Potter royalty for playing uh, Nymphadora Tonks. In the Harry oh. Potter movies. Because I was sitting there going, she sounds familiar. Where do I know this chick oh. from? And I IMD beat her while we were watching. I'm like, ah, oh, son of a bitch, it's her. She didn't get much screen time in the Harry Potter movies either. No. Not as much as she would have had in the books. And then we got uh, Clancy Brown, who everyone knows is uh, uh, Mr. Krabs. As bad, bad Leroy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Richard, I- me, boy. Richard Iode, uh, who's from the, uh, the IT I forget, what's that show? IT? Yeah, the IT, isn't Is it? Is this called the IT? Or? Uh, the IT crowd. IT crowd, yeah. Uh, he plays a droid named Zero in the mm. show. So, I mean, lots of really high power stars in there. I do feel like that's kind of one of those things, though, where it is a little bit too much fan service, where it's like, it's just a lot of huge names where you're just like, why do I know these people? I know these guys from other things. And I feel like Star Wars was always really good at having no names that you didn't really. Well, and that's the thing. Is is when it's happening in the Mandalorian? We've got you know your Pedro Pascal, you've got your Carl Weathers, Ming Na Wen, Carl Weathers. God, he's you've, so cool though. He is cool as shit. Not like Billy D. Williams cool, but he's definitely still got that Apollo Creed, Creed swagger to mm-hmm. him a little bit. But uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you can have these. I don't want to say A-level stars or B-level stars. I don't know what level anyone's well, on they're anymore. House, they're household names. Right. And you can have them in this show like The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And it gives The Mandalorian a bit more credibility. Yeah. But it doesn't really distract from it. You're like, oh, fuck, that's Apollo Creed. And then you're able to move on and go, okay. It's like, oh, fuck, that little alien guy, the little Ugnaught. He's played by Nick Nolte. F- oh, okay, yeah, that's cool to I, know. I feel like the stakes are a, little, a lot lower in the in a, in a TV show because you could have Jake and Gary Busey show up and I wouldn't bat an eye, <laughs> but if they showed up in a in a Star Wars movie, I'd be like, "Fuck, this movie's awful." It's got Jake and Gary. It's got both Buseys. I mean, if, if it was just Jake, I would love it. But as soon as you bring Gary on, I'm out the door. But you know, I don't know. It's just those those kind of cute nods and those kind of like fan you know, baby Yodas is cool in a in a show. Mm-hmm. But I, like a movie, it's just it wouldn't so much carry a movie. Stakes, it guess, wouldn't carry. You know? But and here's kind of the thing that I've been talking about, if you want to call it, since the beginning of this podcast is uh, where television succeeds and movies fail, or where movies succeed and television fails, specifically with like the DC universe or the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, where 
like for instance, where DC falls flat on their face, it seems to be trying to build this connected universe like the Marvel Universe yeah. has got. They just don't have the right mindset to do it. They've got the yeah. characters that they could do it with. Yeah, they've got and their that's wallet proven, first. And that's proven by the DC TV shows. Yeah. The CW superhero shows, whether you love them or hate them, uh, are pretty perfectly intertwined. They create their own little television universe. Mm-hmm. And they're able to do crossovers like uh, this year's Crisis on Infinite Earths. Because they've got such an established base of TV shows to work off of, and they all seem to play well in each other's pools. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to put a uh, a, a franchise joining mega movie and then also have one of your characters' origin stories be in it, like they did with Cy- what's his name, the cyber dude, the black guy, cyborg, cyborg. Yeah, it's like you're gonna have an origin story in the middle of your movie. Yeah. Come on! They it's, sold him short. They sold him short for sure. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you could. They should have just not given him an origin story. They should have just had him be a dude that was that showed up, just magical cyborg. Right, he was already yeah. there. He yeah. was, he was over in Metropolis doing big city things or whatever. <laughs> but again, and it's like MCU had a hard time uh, jiving with their television counterparts to the point where they've now separated them again. Anything that happened on like Agents of Shield, however tied to the movies it may seem to be, not the case anymore. Marvel Television is gone. Yeah, it is gone. Yeah. It is now everything solid under the banner of Marvel Studios. I don't know. I really feel that they should have just stayed the way because like this did the same thing with Star Wars, where they like try to un retcon everything or they just wholesale biopsy everything. You know, just <laughs> cut it off. But. I feel like they should have just done what comic books have always done and be like, none of this is canon. Just retcon. Every, well, none of it matters. Everything's just a cool story and the idea of, hey, wouldn't it be neat if Wolverine did this? You know, none of it matters at all. And I think that's where DC is starting to go. Yeah. They're starting to realize that they can do things like a standalone Joker movie that doesn't necessarily... And yes. Todd Phillips has yes. come out and said... It doesn't need there's to no be tie. the Joker from, yeah, it doesn't. from Suicide Squad. Yeah. And whether it ends up being tied to the DC universe at large as a whole, right. it doesn't matter right now. Yep. In the right now, it's its own thing. Yeah, that's what's so cool about universes is that you can have an idea in it and it doesn't need to be real or i mean it you know it can just be a cool exploration of the what if choose your own adventure books speaking of what if marvel television which is no longer anymore now it's all disney plus the what if has a what if animated series that they've already moved into second series production on so i what if was one of my comic books growing up i'm super good i've read quite a few and the what ifs are always really fun i'm super stoked I, i know the first one is uh what if Peggy Carter had taken the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers? That sounds so good. So like Captain Britain kind of thing. Yeah, man. That and sounds awesome. I'm stoked on it. It's everything I loved as a comic book. And if they live up to the hype, then... But that's the thing. And that brings us full circle back to Star Wars. It has to live up to amount of hype. Otherwise, people are going to get pissed. Well, but I mean, I... Because I am one of the dudes that pit, that was pissed, and like I've always loved the schlocky shittiness of the Phantom Menace. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like my expectations were as tempered as they could get for a huge fan, where I just wanted some goddamn answers, <laughs> <laughs> and like I didn't get them. And then instead, I got you know the the OJ Simpson freeway chase where they're chasing the ship for an hour and a half or whatever. And like, yeah, I don't know. I I guess my expectations were like super high. In that it just wasn't like I didn't like any of it. 
Right. So it's like, well, I should, you know, I don't know. I go back now and I, I really like the action scenes. I think Adam Driver does an amazing job acting. Yeah, because so. he feel that raw emotion out of him. Like we yeah. watched uh, Force Awakens again the other day and right after, spoiler alert for a seven-year-old movie, uh, right after he kills Han Solo mm. and uh, Chewbacca sees that from the upper rafters, he of course shoots him with his bowcaster, which we've seen the entire show, the entire movie, has been showing us that when anyone gets hit with this bowcaster, oh, it flings them backwards yeah, like 15 they feet. They get stunt every, out of there. Every single time. Mm-hmm. And then, so Chewie levels the bowcaster at Kylo Ren... And blasts him, hits him full on in the left side. Mm-hmm. He took it. Yep. He and then he took go, and it. And then he goes out in the snow and has his final battle where he's punching it he's for more energy. Punching it to get that rage what? and that adrenaline, and that's that's so, so fucking hardcore. Like, say what you want about the movie, I don't give a shit. Well, and that's hardcore know, dark side right there. I think. Well, because uh, um, Finn, right, got set up. Not, like, set up, but, like, at the end, he has that lightsaber fight where he's, like, a huge hero, and he's, like, you know, doing all these things, and then in the next movie, he's a real goober. See see the new movie, and yeah. then come back is at he, me. Is he not such a goober? I'm not going to tell you. All right, well, <laughs> I'm going to hope that he's not a goober, because in, in Force Awakens, he's a huge, awesome character, and then the second one, he's just, like, being a dipshit, to be honest, just making stupid moves, doing stupid stuff. Well, yeah. Not really contributing much, except for getting in trouble... It again. I think what you have to do is you really have to pull yourself out of the mindset of the super fan. Yeah. Like, and this is something that I myself have had to do, so I know how difficult it is to say it and actually practice it. But pull yourself out of the mindset of super fan, and just appreciate the things that you can find in the movie to appreciate. Yeah. Like I wasn't a huge fan of the Phantom Menace. Try as I wanted to, I saw it like six times in the it's theater. So, I was so bad. So pumped up when it came out <laughs> right but fucking there were moments that pulled me out of it oh for sure God. but you gotta look for those bright shining it's examples about, like, it's about trade routes and shit it's, yeah. it makes no sense <laughs> why would they fucking a, tra- a blockade of a planet okay God, why is this got, adventure like, a huge family space opera then, the, then he's just like you know what's real cool accounting <laughs> so stupid but the cool things you got to find the cool things, okay? Yeah. You get to see young Obi-Wan, you and McGregor being a badass. The Duel of the Fates. Dun, dun, the dun, dun, Duel dun, dun, of the dun, dun, Fates. Dun, dun, that song will live on in infamy. Dun, 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 dun. And that lightsaber duel with Darth Maul, Qui-Gon Jinn, and yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi was one of my favorite lightsaber duels in the entire saga. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to cause a lot of trouble when I say this, but Last Jedi, the throne room duel oh, with yeah, Kylo really Ren... Cool. And Ray, right after they murk Snoke, mm-hmm. with all the Imperial uh, guards, mm-hmm. was one of the most exciting lightsaber duels I've seen yeah. in a very long no time. No doubt, no doubt. That's definitely top three lightsaber duel, uh, action wise. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree because it's like I would say Mustafar, you know, <laughs> Mister Highground. Mister Highground is number one, and then I would give it to Darth Maul, and then I would give it to the Throne Room because it's, right. it's it really intense action-packed acrobatic yeah, right i mean you can go back to cool. you can go back to empire strikes back in the scene in cloud city yeah, you can go back to the scene between vader and luke in the emperor's throne room those yeah. are decent lightsaber fights but the fact of the matter is is we didn't really have the technology to make them so visually dynamic right as they have now well and those definitely 
I rewatched those actually recently, and it, those feel more like a uh, a mental shakedown, where like you you know like the fencers have their foils and they're just talking shit to each other and it's not re- like they both know that at any moment um a very swift move could be the end of their lives mm-hmm. and so they're both like you know testing testing the waters when they're when they're fighting whereas the newer movies they're just raw and angry and so they're swinging at it and then yeah a lot of that is well now they can do that kind of stuff because they have that kind of training and money and technology and whatever right but if you put that that those rose tinted lenses on it where it's like you know, have my you bullshit seen, that I just covered. Have you seen the remake that they did of the uh, A New Hope lightsaber duel between Vader and uh, I Obi-Wan? have seen it, and it is really good. Okay, so I was going to try and pull it up if you hadn't seen it, but no, you have it's seen really it. Okay. Good. So, um, listeners, if it were an audio medium, but what basically they just do a lot of more creative camera cuts, a little bit added in shots, some reworking, and just all around it feels a lot higher stakes and a lot better action. Well, because a lot of the the lightsaber fight with uh, Obi Wan and Vader in A New Hope uh, was done by Dave Prowse, mm-hmm. who's wearing the uh, Darth Vader armor, mm-hmm. and by Alec Guinness, who's playing Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Alec Guinness is something like sixty five, seventy years old at the time, maybe older, and not even, even into it, and not into it at all, not into it at all. And then Dave Prowse is, of course, limited by the motion that he can get out of this heavy bulky armor that darth vader has to wear visually can't really see what the hell he's doing right so you see anakin skywalker in the original or the prequel trilogy he's a very dynamic energetic fighter yeah um he's hampered by um this armor that he has to wear now so he has to change his entire fight style up and so this uh retelling of it on youtube uh i'm not sure i've been looking for uh, the name of the guy who did it but I'm uh, having trouble tracking it down. But uh, they were really able to make it more visually dynamic as if the armor wasn't hindering him as much, uh, as if he was still kind of the badass that uh, that Anakin was well, it's in the original like movie. The, that re-edit is kind of like when he boards the ship in Rogue One. How much more intense that fight is? Oh yeah. Versus how it looks in A New Hope, it's basically that much better. Right here, it's uh, the the video that I found is by. I'm gonna try and pause it before it gets to any audio. It's by. Uh, it's Star Wars Scene Thirty Eight Reimagined by a, a YouTuber named. F-X-I-T-I-N-P-O-S-T. Fix it in post, which I think is funny. Or F-X it in post. Yeah, Get it's it? funny. Yeah. That's really good. But uh, Directed by Philip uh, Silvera. Uh, they got a bunch of different credits on there. And they actually had people playing the different roles. Yeah, so they were able there, to there was enact a bit of, it. There was a bit of reshooting. It's right. not just re-edited, but it's like you can't... I mean, you can tell, but it's great. Right. I would highly recommend you get on your Google machines wherever you are and look this one up and watch it right now because it's it's super cool. It's fantastic and it's just called Star Wars SC thirty eight reimagined. Star Wars scene thirty eight reimagined. And it's just those little bit of that little bit of tweaking has so. Have you seen the edit where they give like PTSD flashbacks to Obi Wan when he's telling Luke about how about his father? Mm-mm. 
Oh man, I'll look that one up. It is so good because he's like, he's like, oh, I knew your father. We fought together in the Clone Wars, and then like does these dramatic flashbacks, and he's all like looking depressed and like gazing off, you know, that thousand yard stare that Alec Guinness has. <laughs> it's, it's the I'd rather be anywhere but here stare. Right, the I'm not getting paid enough to be in the desert in Africa look. Um, <laughs> but it's it's super good. Um, I'm just saying, people need to find the positives in whatever they're dealing with. If you call yourself a Star Wars fan, if you call yeah. yourself a Game of Thrones fan, if you call yourself a Legend of Zelda fan, if you call yourself a fan of whichever form of media that you're intaking, and you're going into a new project of that medium, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I've really fought with that for years. It's been really hard for me to understand that not everything's going to be the way I want it to be. Yeah. Once they flushed all of the canon that I knew was true from the books... And opened up the world again. I knew there was going to be some decisions that I wouldn't agree with. There was going to be some decisions that would piss me off. Mm -hmm. Like the Mara Jade being gone. Mara Jade was, of course, Luke Skywalker's wife in the the canon novels. Before they were decanonized. Um, They had a son named Ben. Mm -hmm. Which they think they took and used for uh, Ben Solo. Um, Han and Leia had three kids. All Force-sensitive, all Jedi. Anakin, Jaina, and Jason. Anakin fell, uh, dead, didn't fall to the dark side, died. Uh, Jason fell to the dark side and became a new Sith Lord, Darth Cadus. Jaina became the quote-unquote Sword of the Jedi. She became kind of their lead kind of warrior uh, to combat her brother. Uh, which... I thought was fantastic, but once they excised all of that from the record, mm. I knew for a fact <clears throat> that I would never see that. Yeah. So you have to restart your expectations all over again. And if you go into these movies as one of those will actually geeks that is looking for <laughs> things to get pissed off about, yeah, you're just going to live perpetually pissed instead of catching some really cool things that they've been able to do with these movies and these TV that's, shows. That's true. I mean, because like, the first time I watched it, I was sitting around waiting the whole time to be like, when, when are the Knights of Ren going to show up? Because mm-hmm. to me, in my mind, that was like the next part of the story. But once I watched, since I've watched it like 40 times since then, <laughs> now I'm just like, oh, this throne room duel is pretty sick. Yeah. I'm like, this, the, the, the Jedi, ju- the Jedi ghost jutsu at the end that, um, Luke pulls is actually pretty cool. At first I was all butthurt about it, but I was like, okay. I mean, he's, oh, you he, mean his VR battle with his, his Kylo VR, Ren? The, the VR battle that takes the last of his life. I was like, this dude could have just flown here and done this in person, but that was like that wouldn't have worked because he would have gotten shot down. You know, he had to do his Jedi ghost bullshit. He had to break um, Ben. Right, he had to breaking Benjamin. <laughs> so cold in a um, world so cold. <laughs> God damn it! But uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's the the more like even if though I didn't like it. I've come to appreciate it. Right. I've come to not think that it's just this pile of missteps and fuck ups. Like it's it's good. Right. And, it's and, not my, it's not what I wanted, but it's it's good. And I feel like we're gonna enter that realm with the Marvel Cinematic Universe now that the Avengers major event is gone and passed. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a lot of material soon that's gonna be outside of that scope. Yeah. Uh, with the WandaVision TV show, yeah. the Hawkeye TV it's show. It's going to be a lot of measuring Falcon stick. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This isn't as good as Gen 1 or right. and Phase there's a, 1. There's always going to be that this isn't as good as blank. Yeah. 
that's such a poisonous well. Mm-hmm. You know, go into it with the new glasses. Go into it going, okay, well, that was cool. Now let's see what they can do with this. That's how I went into The Mandalorian. Right. Because I'm like, all right, so we got we got Mar- uh, Disney TVs taking over Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. But once I saw some of the names attached to it, I'm like, okay, we got Dave Filoni uh, from Rebels and Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. You got uh, John Favreau, mm-hmm. who can literally do no wrong at this point. <laughs> Fucker brought us Elf. Because he wanted a Christmas movie. He brought us Iron Man because he wanted a superhero movie. He's he's, he's He's, wild. And my personal favorite, Chef, which if you like to cook... I still haven't watched that one. Oh man, it is such a fucking love letter to cooking. It's always recommended to me on Netflix. Like, it pops up first before anything. Dude, watch it. Take two hours. You will come out of that movie so fucking hungry. I swear to God. (laughs) Um, I made the actual uh, Cubanos that they made from from his recipe. Oh yeah. So fucking good. uh, So good. Netflix, speaking of Netflix, I watched The Witcher recently. Okay. Um, up all except for the last episode, and like, I remember that the from reading online that the author of the original book series didn't really like the video games, okay, because like, he's not a video game person, and right. like, he just wanted the money for the rights, and then when the games got big, he didn't get any more dividends because that wasn't the contract. You know, he wasn't getting like royalties off of it, or right? However, that would be worked out. And so you just kind of shit all over the games. But then, um, from what I understand, is like the books didn't really have that much about Geralt and The Witcher anyways. Like, they were a anthology series, and his stories were just like two or three in a, in a series of like 25 different stories. And so they're like, well, the video games are hundreds of hours worth of content. I think that like more character creation went on in the video games than in the original book. Mm-hmm. But then the show comes along and it's super good. And it's, it? it's cool to see like something that wasn't very big, get a ton of life breathed into it and like turned into something better by other creators. Cause like you see that kind of happen in a lot of things where it like starts off as something small mm-hmm. and then it gets picked up in another medium and get becomes huge. Like a, uh, like the mask the Jim Carrey movie. Originally, nobody read that damn comic book. I flipped through it a little bit. Yeah. Same but, thing with Men in Black. Yeah. Those like there's a bunch of like weird comic book properties. The yeah, that were nothing. That were nobody cared about or maybe, you know, it had a small following cuz comic books were a um, investment at the time that a bunch of these things that I'm referring to are ha- were happening. But like the the movie imagination is what like got it a cartoon show, which is what got it like a product line, which is like why we still talk about we still know the mask, and which is why Jim Carrey is like one of the biggest comedy actors that ever was. I believe you mean Doctor Robotnik. Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> it's it's just weird seeing like something small and good turned into something huge and great by the power of other people's like creativity. Well, I've always been a huge fan of. You know, the underdogs, the small properties that do good, you know, things like that. So Mm -hmm. uh, my friend Jim was talking to me about The Witcher, and so I started picking it up, and I've barely gotten out of the first mission, so I I can't really weigh in too much on that. Um, But I do plan on watching the television show. Uh, I plan on watching all the Disney Plus shows for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. I do too. I mean, literally at this point, I've already paid for the subscription, so what the fuck does it cost me except time? Uh, I I enjoy all of the CW 
DC television shows, including Legends of Tomorrow, which has no business being good. <laughs> it's so campy compared to the original, the other shows, but it just it has its own niche mm-hmm. that it fills. And so I'm a huge fan of that. My family's a huge fan of that. We sit and watch all of those. I'm still a season behind on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'll probably end up watching it. It's probably on Disney Plus right now. Yeah. Um, so I'll end up watching that. Um, I'm a fan, by and large, anything that I grew up with, which was comic books, Star Wars, Transformers, He-Man. Kevin Smith is doing a follow-up series for He-Man on Netflix right now. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. There's actually two series coming. One's a reboot, one's a follow-up. Kevin Smith is writing a follow-up series for He-Man on Netflix. Follow-up to the original show? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I'm curious about that. Um, I mean... As long as it doesn't take a hot steaming dump on everything I loved, uh, I'm okay to go back to it. Like, for instance, uh, the new, not new, this was like 2011, 2012 Thundercats, I enjoyed. Really? It was a decent take on the series. I didn't even see it. And now they've got Thundercats Roar, which is basically like uh, Adventure Timing Thundercats, which I really don't get behind. Um... There's been a lot of four children remakes and stuff. Like, there's five different Transformer shows for like little kids, like the Rescue Bots and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know. They they realize that they can make money off of tiny little kids with these. Well, look what they doing properties. with Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it just I don't know. It's it's weird to see shows get like really schlocked down into. But every now and again, you get a fucking diamond. You get your 2011 Thundercats. You, you get, get your, your Voltron. Dude, SpongeBob's still funny. SpongeBob's still fucking going. Yeah. I don't think it'll ever die. Steven Hillenburg's legacy will live on forever. Yeah, they're going to milk that cow forever. Might as well. They're making money on it. It's the new Bugs Bunny. <laughs> kind of. It's, it's their, it, it is the it new Looney Tunes. It yeah. is their cornerstone. It's but, their uh, Mario. But yeah, they, I mean, they're bringing out Sonic the Hedgehog as a movie, which... I really actually want to see it. I kind of do now, especially the since re, they put re, the work into the it. I saw the VFX um, trailer for it, because, like, you know... They shut I, that studio down, do you know that? No, I didn't, but usually I don't watch trailers, and the re-VFX makes me want to see it. But they shut that studio down? Yeah, right after they released that successful trailer going, hey, look what we did, we fixed it, then they shut that entire studio down. Well, yeah, I'm, fuck them. I'm still, though, I'm sure, I'm gonna I'm go sure they it. I'm sure they were like, hey, that was a lot of missteps, and we should not have spent... A couple million dollars to fix that fuck up. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in it, but like, like I said, Thundercats, He-Man, uh, Transformers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been I've been hit really hitting that home a lot, and and I I mean I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but you've got to be able to take everything with a grain of salt, find something you can like in that reimagining. Yeah. Because it's not for you. Yeah. It's not made for Thomas. Yeah. It's not made for Kevin. Yeah. It's not made for any one particular person who's bitching about it online or making a fuss about it. It's made for the general population as a whole. People are... I walked out of uh, Rise of Skywalker. There was a lot to deal with. I'm going to tell you this much. I cried three times in that movie. Oh dang! Literal tears down my cheeks. Cried. I for sure died. I for sure died. I for sure cried when Han Solo died. So yeah, I cried three times, and I actually let out an audible cheer in a theater full of people, at one point. Fuck yeah! Yeah, I think I, I don't think I said fuck yeah. I think I said oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, I walked out of that theater and and I went uh, to the bathroom because I had my jug of 
of tea during the movie, and so I had to pee. Uh, and so as I'm going into the bathroom, I hear this little kid, who must have been like six or seven, uh, a little younger than my daughter, talking to the person that brought them to the movie. And she's just like, oh my god, that was so amazing! I, The Skywalkers were amazing! And I know what she's talking about. I can't really say about it. I don't want to spoil anything. But you know what? That kind of unbridled joy and passion reminds me of what it was to like these things as a kid. Yeah. And it makes me hopeful. Because this kid doesn't care about all the baggage that goes along with it. Maybe they will later on when they get involved with the rest of it. Who gives a shit? Right. In that one moment, that one instance, it was pure. Yep. And that's what I think we all need to come back to because, again, it's not made for me. It's not made for you. It's made for everyone. And just like you're not going to like every dish that's ever prepared, you're not going to like every food or every drink that's presented to you. Dude, almond gravy chicken's whack. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what they served at Southpaw? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Just joking. No. Uh, my wife, your sister, she was really into that I shit. Know, so was my mom. I don't know. Kind of gross. It's salty gravy chicken. Though. <laughs> but it's not going to be for everybody. You need to be able to find something. You're like, okay, well, so maybe I didn't like uh, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely things in there I can take away from it. Yeah, absolutely. That throne room battle. Yeah. Uh, fucking Kylo Ren getting so pissed off that yeah. he smashes his you, helmet. You really just got to be glad... Yeah, appreciate the good parts and appreciate what you got. Like the set design? Ooh, Mamma Mia, that's some good fucking set design. You know oh. what I just found out the other day? Hmm. And this is a little nerdy Star Wars trivia. Um, have you ever... Did you play The Force Awakens? Or The uh, uh, Fallen, Fallen Order yet? Fallen Jedi? No. Yeah. Or Fallen Order, no. But I'm you've not. seen like Clone Wars and, and all that shit? Yeah. Do you remember the planet Ilum? No. It's a special, like, hollowed ground planet where the Jedi go to collect their kyber crystals Mm -hmm. that power their lightsabers, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, It's sacred ground. Mm -hmm. Where do you think they built Starkiller Base? There, I guess. Starkiller Base was Ilum. It was Ilum? It was Ilum. They turned it into Starkiller Base? Uh Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. I found that shit out. I got confirmed through one of the Twitters of someone who wrote the movie and everything like that. And it blew my fucking mind. It's like, oh shit. So that's how they were able to generate that much uh, power is they focused it through the natural kyber crystal on the planet. It makes me like Starkiller Base a lot more. That's why we went back and watched (laughs) The Force Awakens again. I might might watch that tonight. And it's just, uh, it was sad because... It's it's Jedi holy ground, and they turned it into a goddamn Death Star. They literally just poop. Uh, but uh, anyways, so that's neither here nor there. Again, I, I I guess if you have to take away thing away from this half of the conversation, I would say definitely uh, be more open minded to the things that you're being presented. You don't have to like everything. You don't have to like every superhero movie coming down the pike. You don't have to like you know, every Star Wars movie coming down the pike. If you don't want to see it for whatever reason, don't go see it. But mm-hmm. don't shit on someone else because they want to see it. Don't shit on someone else because they actually derived enjoyment from something that you're too uh, stubborn or pig-headed or... Yeah. They probably just have better taste it. than you. I mean, maybe. Yep. You're probably the garbage one here. Yeah, maybe. I wouldn't necessarily say you're not. I've seen some fans, quote-unquote fans online, that their attitudes are so disgusting to me that just... 
that they walk out of movies. Yeah, just kidding, Patrick. <laughs> but before before we wrap, I do I do have one spoiler question that I, I would like spoiled about this new movie. Okay, hit me. I'll, t- I'll decide whether or not I'm going to answer it based on the question. Is there pod racing? No. Then it's fucking garbage. <laughs> All right, that's all. That's all. I think we're good here. No. <laughs> I think we see why you liked episode one. Uh, the, the pod racing the and pod Duel racing of the Fates. was kind of dope. I didn't mind the pod racing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, I mean, again, the world is kind of opening up in the fact that the amount of media that we're being able to ingest on a daily basis, either through television or through our streaming services, or through our movie experiences, or through our video game services. I mean, we have this vast world of media that is just now starting to broaden even further because of uh, focused things like Netflix and whoever they end up with, and and Disney with the Star Wars and Marvel. And I mean, we're able to get a lot more, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. So I think it's really kind of up to us to be able to sort through and deal with this new input in a way that we're maybe not equipped to deal with. Because if you think about it, back in the day, they had three channels. Of course, Johnny Carson yeah. had those numbers. Yeah. There's nothing else to watch. Yeah. There's nothing else to do. You could read a book. Right. Which, fine, read a book. I love reading books. But uh, now that we have such a broad scope of things we can enjoy, try to find joy in it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. What does it cost you... To just sit there and go, oh, okay. Rise of Skywalker didn't meet all of my expectations. Yeah. But I did like this. Yeah. I did like this. Right. You know? And just dwell in the happy. Don't go online and try and spit bile. Fuck that. I mean, it's... there's The world is so full of hate and drudgery and anxiety and stress and... I mean, right. what is it good to propagate that? What does it do to propagate that as opposed to... Finding the good in things. Yep. You know, maybe I didn't like everything on the new Five Finger Death Punch album. Which I didn't. Did you like the new Tool album? I've only skimmed around with it. I haven't listened to it at all, which is surprising for me. Because, like, Tool was, like, huge for me in high school. And, like, right after. And I just haven't touched it at all. Right. And me being in a Tool tribute band for five years, I mean, it was huge to me, too. That's what I figured. But I'm able to dabble with it and and kind of float in and out of it. Yeah. And that's another thing is, like, I've been a huge Star Wars fan my whole life. Mm -hmm. And, like, the last movie, me and my hangups have not deterred me anymore from seeing this newest movie. But as, like, a person, I just don't go seek stuff out as much as i used to like movies and stuff i'm I'm always waiting for it to hit netflix or i'm always like i'll just i'll just watch it later (laughs) like i don't know there's a there's like there's nothing that's like hot on the iron that i'm dying to see lately and i think that's just kind of become a personal thing well i mean and we all again we've only got 24 hours in a day yeah we still gotta sleep we still gotta eat we still gotta work most Mm -hmm. of us Mm-hmm. Uh, adulting does take up quite a lot of time, mm-hmm. so it is rather pick and choose with this vast glut of incoming data, what yeah. we choose to put into our heads. And home TVs are so nice now. Yeah, my 4K TV. It's like why well, go to the theater? <laughs> you can make your own popcorn. It costs you far less. Dude, it's never it's never as good though. Never as good. Oh, so good. But uh, I, I guess if we had to take a message from this. We talked about retro video gaming. We talked about regular video gaming. Uh, we've talked about movies and we've talked about TV and all this. 
kind of a wrap up to uh, 2019 in general and, and this last decade. I mean, uh, we've been inundated with so much information. I think it's really on the individual to kind of go out and find the things that work for them and embrace it. And even if you don't, you know, follow along with someone's love of something or if you don't like what other people like, be a bigger person and, and stop shitting on people for who who do like things because not everything is made for you. Mm-hmm. Not everything is made for you so you can live in your mom's basement and yell at your computer screen all day. You know, the world is too vast. The world is too big. Get up. Enjoy your life. Find things that bring you joy instead of crapping on other people and taking their joy away. I mean, and that's an awful long way to go to just say be a better person in 2020. I'm going to try to. I fight my own urges all the time to say that was shit, that was great, you know. I, I really try not to be the kind of person anymore who would knock you for liking something or for not liking something that I like. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the music that I like, that's fine. If you don't like my podcast, don't listen. That's fine. Please listen. Please listen. No. <laughs> but what I do and what I listen to and what I hear and what I input and what I make as far as music goes, I am a musician again. Uh, what I do is not going to be for everyone. But I try to be more open-minded and more accepting of everyone around me, of the world around me. I want to create a world where people can have conversations like we're doing, where you either like something or you dislike something, but it's going to be handled in a respectful manner, mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh, well, you didn't like Star Wars or The Last Jedi? Well, you're stupid. Right. You Your know? show's garbage, and you're garbage for liking it. Right, exactly. I think we, could, we, we owe more to the world than to live in a legacy of hate. Yeah. And uh, this got all sappy and saccharine at the end, and I apologize for that. But I've been really reflective on the end of this year and moving into the next year and and finding new and interesting ways to interact with the world around me. And so I kind of want to gear the podcast in a much more positive manner as well. So uh, for that, I want to just kind of thank you for putting up with that. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Uh in the words of Tony Stark slash Robert Downey Jr., that's how Dad did it, that's how America does it, and it's worked out great so far. <laughs> and uh, he's coming back. He will be back in the uh, MCU Plus TV shows. Good. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. But, uh, well, then, on behalf of the Fuel Your Fandom Podcast, I want to thank you guys for listening this year. Uh, stick around for next year, new season, new year. And uh, I can't wait to uh, come visit you all on your ear holes. Uh, next year. I'm so going to get up in them ear holes. Get all up in your ear holes. But uh, until then, just remember that everything is fandom and fandom is everything. Have a good new year.